Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 174. This episode is brought to you by Homeschool Superheroes Week. How can you homeschool with confidence this year? You can get support from experienced homeschoolers who are in the trenches. They know how to gain confidence in their homeschooling and want to help you. Join me for Homeschool Superheroes Week with a free basic pass. You can sign up at homeschoolsuperheroes.com forward slash Abby. Hello and welcome to episode 174. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 174. Today we have a very actionable episode for you, which is my favorite kind of episode to bring you because I don't just want to talk about theory and educational ideas that are just floating around in our head, but I want you to have some real practical things that you can implement to not feel more crazy. Our goal is to help you simplify. So today's guest is Carrie Beck, and she is over at howtohomeschoolmychild.com. She's the host of the Homeschool Superheroes Week that is sponsoring this episode, and we will talk more about that at the end of our chat. But Carrie was a homeschool mom for many years. She's now graduated all her kids, and she's a homeschool grandma, I guess you could say. And so she's seen the fruit of all her labors in her kids' lives and now she's, you know, seeing her grandchildren grow up. And so that's a great perspective to have. So Carrie has a lot of experience, but what I love about this topic is if you have been thinking, okay, I really need to, something has to change. I, our homeschooling is too overwhelming. There's too many things to juggle. I've got lots of kids to deal with. What is a great strategy that I'm missing? And maybe that strategy is unit studies. So with Carrie today, we're going to talk about how to simplify with a really easy method. You don't even have to spend any money on unit studies. You can create your own, and it's not as hard as you might think. I'm going to offer you a free unit study planner pack in the show notes, so make sure once you listen to our chat, if you want to try out unit studies, go download that for free at 41more.com forward slash 174. And then we're going to talk about homeschool superheroes, make sure you check that out. That's completely free as well. So there's nothing you have to spend money on to make some improvements in your homeschool. So this was a really fun chat with Carrie. We're going to talk about how to use unit studies in your homeschool to simplify the learning, the teaching, everything. So I really enjoyed this chat. Like I said, it's super actionable. So Get a piece of paper and a pen and write down some ideas as you listen. Here's my conversation with Carrie Beck of How to Homeschool My Child and the host of Homeschool Superheroes Week. We are so happy to have you here today, Carrie. Thanks for joining us. And as we start, just tell us who you are. Introduce yourself to my audience. 
Well, thanks, Abby, for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited about this topic. Um, well, I have three kids. Uh, we homeschooled for 10 years. And during that time, we did all different things. And um, all I knew, the main thing I wanted when I started was I wanted real books. And so that's one thing that we did. Um, and then from there, we did unit studies. We did Charlotte Mason. We did all sorts of things. Um, my kids are all grown. I have four grandkids. And so I have two married and one, my son's the baby. And he's sort of traveling the world because he can work from anywhere right now. He happens to be in Bali on his way to Vietnam. So we're all just like, okay, whatever. But anyway, um, well, um, we loved homeschooling. Um, I will say that I was a public school teacher. I actually um, stayed home when the kids were born and we sent them to a private Christian school and then we pulled them out, homeschooled for 10 years. And then Hunter went back his last three years and finished in a private classical Christian school. So we've sort of done it all. They've actually played sports with the public schools as well. That's just a little bit. I love that. We share that same background. I meet a lot of homeschool moms that are, there were former classroom teachers. And then when the kids were born, they're like, nope, I'm homeschooling. And, you know, I feel like it's one of the greatest privileges of my life to be home with my kids, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, someone's going to have an impact on our kids. Who's it going to be? So. And I love what you said too. You kind of like tried Charlotte Mason and you did unit size and you did. And I feel like that is the journey of a lot of moms because we don't know what we don't know when we start and like we just try everything and eventually find a good fit, right? That is so true. I will say my personal, about five years into it, we started using something that I call Christian leadership education. And it really took to me the best parts of all the different types of education and put it together, but with a purpose of raising our kids to be able to lead well, to think for themselves, to be able to make wise decisions. Awesome. So we're going to have such a practical episode today. We're going to call this like a mini training. And I love this the best because like homeschooling can be very theoretical and we can learn all these things. And then we are like, well, what does that mean tomorrow when I homeschool my kids? Right? So I think this is going to be super helpful, but you know, let's back up a second because there are certain big problems that I know you've seen from homeschool moms because like we talked to tons of homeschool moms and there are some problems that pop up a lot. What is one problem that you're seeing in the homeschool mom community? The things that I hear from them the most is they're overwhelmed or they, they're just like, I don't know if I'm doing enough. Those are probably the two biggest things. And the overwhelm, I think the biggest thing is because they're always comparing themselves to someone or they hear this, they hear that. And they just don't know. And like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and then the thing about um, overwhelmed and, uh, oh, they just lack confidence sometimes. And so they're like, how do I know? And part of me is like, you know, your kids, one, I think God gave you your kids and he is the one that's going to give you whatever you need. And he's going to show you. And biggest thing is just take a step back and trust in him. And he will show you. There are still some tips and tricks that you can use, but I think a lot of it is we need to slow down and just learn to sort of simplify our lives. And don't you think we've been told, parents have been told so much that if you're not a professional educator, you have no business doing this. So we get a curriculum and we think, oh, I have to do everything the curriculum says because I'm not just a mom. I don't know what I'm doing, right? Don't you think that plays into the lack of confidence issue? 
Oh, definitely. Because I think, I mean, I'll be really honest. I was a public school teacher. I have a master's in curriculum and instruction. I can read scope and sequences up, down, backwards, forwards, any direction. I learned more about education as a homeschool mom than ever in the university or as a public school teacher. And I personally believe the resources that are there for homeschoolers um, some of them are like, where were these when I was teaching school? They are superb and they are excellent. But I also think you have to say, you know, I don't have to do everything. I never even finished a textbook when I was a public school teacher in a year. And people just put all this pressure on themselves to do everything that they're told. And I think that's what causes overwhelm and a lack of confidence, like you said. Thank you for saying that. I totally have said the same thing. I learned more as a homeschool mom than I ever did before about education. <laughs> so yes, totally. So, okay. So we know there's so much overwhelm. What's the solution? It has to be simple. It has to be easy to implement because we can't do more crazy things. Like we can't add more chaos to our day. That is so true. And I will say uh, the other thing I would throw in there is most homeschoolers are homeschooling more than one child. So that also adds to the overwhelm. And so let's just say if you had textbooks and you had a textbook for every child, for every subject, all of a sudden you're coming up with like three kids, six topics, 18 lessons a week. That causes overwhelm. And so one of the things I tell moms to do is one, to start to group your kids and do things as a family instead of separating everything. It's home education so you can do it together as a family. So I tried to do as much with my kids together. Now, I understand, especially when they get to be teenagers and they're they're deciding college or this or that, and there are certain subjects they feel like they need to go and take, like chemistry or algebra or British lit or whatever. That can be more individual, but by then, hopefully, they've learned to be independent learners. So let's talk more about maybe the younger kids, middle-aged kids. We group things together, and I I wouldn't say I did unit studies all the time, but we did sort of modified unit studies as well. And so I like unit studies because we can all dive into a topic together. And that's one of the easiest ways I think you can. It sounds overwhelming, but in the end, it really can simplify your homeschool because you're all focused on one topic and you're not so scattered. That's right. I think that key is like K through eight are really great for grouping together. High schoolers are kind of off on their own, but I think you're right. I mean, that's a huge portion of the whole schooling K through eight. If you can do stuff together, that's going to be a great solution. So how do you decide what the topic is for unit study? Um, well, a lot of times I wanted to choose the topic myself. And when I did, my kids were like, okay, whatever, mom. I, I really think you need, if you're doing units, you ought to go to your kids and see what they're interested in. Um, I've even at times told moms, you know what, if you have older kids and younger kids, let the older kids plan a unit for the younger kids, but it needs to be based on the younger children's interest. Now, if you have more than one child, that means you may need to rotate the topics and that type of thing. But I'll give you an example. Hunter was learning to write a five paragraph paper and uh, we're studying Rome and I'm like, oh, write a paper on a, one of the Caesars, the Caesar Augustus. I mean, he is just like, okay, mom, whatever. And um, I thought this isn't going to go so well. And 
I thought we just bought a book about Derek Cheater. And for those of you that don't know, great shortstop, New York Yankees. Um, he's retired. So the next day I said, well, what if you write your paper on Derek Cheater? And he's like, oh, so then he could use the book he's interested in. I believe that Hunter wrote a better five paragraph paper on Derek Cheater than he ever would have done on a Roman emperor or whoever, because he was interested. It doesn't matter the topic. He's still learning the concepts and the principles of writing. And so that's why with units, you find something they're interested in. And then you can take all the different subject areas and put them in there and they can actually learn about that. So I think it's important that we follow our kids' interest as we choose topics. Now, I just realized, you know, when you're in the homeschool world and you use terms and you think everyone knows what you're talking about, well, we might have a brand new homeschool mom who's like, um, I kind of know what you're saying, but what does it mean to have a unit study when you're talking about there's a topic and then we bring in subjects. Can you kind of break that down for the newbie who's, you know, saying, what are you guys talking about here? I guess I should have started with that question. I know that really is true. And I, I'm like you, sometimes I start using vocabulary and we need to like let everyone know. So basically a unit study is where we do take a topic or a theme or whatever, and then we can find books that go around that topic. The books can be, I usually would find a read aloud that we were all reading together. Then each of the kids at their individual level could be reading a book individually on that topic. And then I would pull in different things like maybe what's going on in history. Why don't we just do this? Let me just sort of give an example of one. Yep. Um, so my girls were really into astronomy. Um, and so they actually took an astronomy class in high school. And so I thought, okay, well, let's let Hunter do this too. So we, I don't really remember the name of what we read, but we read a book probably like Galileo or something, a biography where we all had that. Hunter was reading his books. The girls were reading their, um, whether it was a historical or a literature or whatever, they were all reading their books. In Bible, we could go and look at verses about constellations or about the stars who created the stars and the moon and the different lights in the sky. So that would be some of our Bible that we would be talking about. We may even memorize a verse about that as well, about maybe lights and the light of the world. Then we could do writing. We could, I'm going to give you different ideas, but if we were going to write about a person they could each pick a different person related to astronomy and write their paper on their level. So I had different expectations of Hunter, who at the time was in seventh grade, and the girls who were in high school. And then in math, you really could. We actually at one time went out in the yard and made a not a life size, a model of the solar system. And we use string to measure how put the sun in the middle and then go and measure where all the planets were. So we could do that. That is science. That's math as well. One of the things I tell people too, is like character building. If, and I'm almost, I get this mixed up, but I think it's Galileo who went against, um, they used to believe the earth was the center of the universe. And he went against that and said, no, the sun is. And the church excommunicating them. And he is like, that takes a ton of perseverance, a ton of faith in God to stand up for what you believe. And in reality, he was it was the truth. But um, so we can talk about issues like that as well. 
um, that's just a few ideas. There's probably other subjects that you could pull art. You could do some kind of art project on stars or constellations or whatever. And so this, that's a sample. I love that. Yeah, that's helpful. And this is a great method or strategy for those moms who say, well, I've got like preschoolers or toddlers hanging around. What do I do with them while I homeschool? Well, when you're doing a unit study, you can pull them in and they're on their level. They're learning, you know, preschool stuff, but it's related to what everyone else is doing, right? Oh, definitely. Because like when we did some, I'll be really honest, I sort of did modified unit studies, like in history, we would be reading about the historical time period, the kids maybe, the other thing is hands-on project, they would usually find something. And so we would do that, but all through elementary and even junior high, I would say we did modified science units because we just all would study the same topic together. We would do science experiments. We'd read similar books to go with that. We may even tie in some art to go with that science as well. And so it's not some people are like, well, I can't find a project or activity with every single subject with that topic. I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. You don't have to force yourself to find every single subject your kids are learning. And to me, the biggest thing is if they are learning to think and they're learning to read and express themselves, they're going to be ready for adulthood. And we need to back off and quit putting so much pressure on ourselves to, um, to just check off the boxes that we've done this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great way to teach multiple ages. It also is very thrifty, right? Because you can use library books. You don't have to buy this expensive curriculum, like you said, for everyone at every grade level. So, I mean, it's going to save you money. Now, there are prepared unit studies you can purchase that have done all the work for you. But what about a mom who wants to create her own? Can you walk us through, like, how how would you do that? Yes, I would. Uh, some of it's sort of what I've just talked about. But what I would do is first, I mean, and you could just write a list. I probably should come up with some little checklist, but um, so that you come up with your theme. And I would just get a piece of paper or, or do it on the computer, whatever you want, and just write the topic. And then maybe make a spreadsheet and you can have each child um, at the top of each one. And then on the sides, put your subjects that you want to cover. And so I'm going to take another one. Let's say gardening. And so you've got gardening. They're interested in it. There's so much you can do. And then you can put read aloud book, write what that's going to be. And then put individual books. And then I'm with you. I get online. I'm lazy now. I get online, find the books we want. I put them on hold and all we do is go and pick them up. Now, when I had kids, I wanted them to wander around the library and find books as well. But I'm always, I still go up there and find books, you know, on a certain topic. So I'd find one for each of the kids, even preschoolers. You can find some real fun books. And when it comes to science, Don't shy away from the picture books. There's actually good scientific information in elementary um, books, like even Magic School Bus. And so I think that's something we think, oh, they're seventh grade. They need to read a seventh grade level science book. And maybe they too. But why not give them something simple? And they'll think, oh, I'm getting away with something easy. And then their attitude is really good about it as well. But anyway, read aloud books book, main book, and then list the subjects you want to cover. If you want to cover history and science and music and art and math, list those down and then find an activity. Now, the main thing that will be different are the individual reading books. 
Under that, your activity should be doing it all together. So maybe it is a math activity and you're going to have to figure out the size of your garden because you're going to, the project's going to be make a garden, grow something. So they're going to have to figure out the size and how many plants to go by and what kind of soil. And so that ties all your math and your science together. So I would just list the different subjects and then write the project or the activity that you want to do. And remember, you're doing it all together. And you might be surprised what your four-year-old says that your seventh grader never even thought about because Let's face it, preschoolers, they're curious about everything because they really don't know anything. And so they're always asking questions and they may help you to dive in. The other thing I would say is rabbit trails. Rabbit trails are the point. A lot of people are like, don't get off on a rabbit trail. I'm like, yes, you just never know what you're going to learn. So as you're going through this unit each day, um, you know, let your kids be curious. And if they're interested in something, go to the library and see what you can find out or get online, maybe find some videos. That'd be the other thing that I didn't have when I was uh, homeschooling. And that's the um, privilege of having videos. If you're studying ancient Greece, you can actually get online and see what Greece looks like right now and the ruins from ancient Greece. So it also include videos you do need to be careful because there's some not good ones. Um, that's one thing I do with my homeschool moms is sort of sort through the videos ahead of time so I can pick and choose and they don't have to waste their time or spend their time just, you know, a couple hours looking for the best videos. So you mentioned a couple times that you modified unit studies. What do you mean by that? And, you know, it, what, what can moms take away from that? What, what does that mean? Well, when I think of unit study, a true unit study is taking that topic and everything you do all day long for that whole week is all on that one topic. Like I said earlier, I did modify ones. And so we did a lot of history type units because we would do, um, I mean, in history, it was just whatever's going on, but we were always reading about that. We um, would obviously learn about history. We would do music. We would do art. We would do Bible according to that time period. So we would take a lot of the subjects and they would relate to um, whatever that historical time period is. Um, the science too, I had non-science likers and science likers. So I would let them choose topics. And then we would just, I would mostly just do that, get some experiment books and go there. But I will back up to the history. We pretty much like the music that we talked about, we learned about was historical. The art that we looked at was all historical. Um, the math came and went, you know, it sort of just depended. But my math stories are a whole nother subject that people go, oh, really? Um, but then we would books and then writing, you know, people were like, well, what about grammar? Well, here's what I did with Hunter when we were doing the astronomy and actually he was doing the, we ended up doing more baseball when he did the Derek Jeter, we did the science of baseball. And, but what I would do is take a paragraph in a book that they were reading. I would type it out and make five or six mistakes and then let them find, uh, because I really, that I think that sometimes we spend so much time on grammar that we don't relate it to reading and writing. And that's the reason we're not doing grammar to just do a workbook. We're doing it so we know if we've written something well or we're speaking correctly or when we read something, if it uh, makes sense. 
What, the other thing that we do with grammar is I would have the kids read things out loud because they could hear the mistakes a lot of times before they could actually um, see the mistakes and think about them. So that's one modified. Now, my other one is something that I call Grace Week. For those of you that are like, I am, I'm not a unit study person. Here's what I would suggest you do. You do whatever you're doing right now for three weeks. On the fourth week of the month, you take a break and it's Grace Week. And each child can choose a topic and they're going to dive into whatever that topic is. And for about 15 or 20 minutes a day, you get to choose something they're already doing that they're struggling with. And they're going to practice and keep working on that that whole week so that they don't forget whatever that is that you're concerned about. So um, I remember, Ashley, I'll just give you this one example for one of our grace weeks. And we didn't do this all the time, but we would just do it every once in a while. But we're studying North. We were studying the history of America. And I think we were around Indians. And she ended up making a life-size teepee. I mean, we went to the lumber store and bought this and we bought the canvas and she painted it. And I guess we sewed it together. All our members being out on the driveway, setting this teepee up. And I think she learned as much from that experience as just reading about Indians because she had to research and sort of find out what's going on, which Indian tribes, you know, were um, doing that. So in Grace Week, your kids are always working towards a project that they could demonstrate at the end of the week on Friday. It doesn't have to be hands-on. Ashley loved hands-on. That's my oldest. Gentry was all into reading and writing. Hunter, he liked science and math, but he liked sports more than anything. But um, So they would pick different things. So if your child's into writing, they could be writing a poem, or they could write a play, or they could act it out, or they could make a video. You'd let them choose something that will represent whatever they've learned. If they are doing a video, they can present it maybe after dinner on Friday night. But whatever it is, I would encourage y'all to do all the presentations as a family. Dad's there, mom's there. You can even invite the grandparents if they're around. But make it something special so the kids feel like they have worked so hard and now they get to share it with someone else. Because that's part of learning. And that's part of real learning is when you can actually share it and tell others. That's a great idea. And that sounds like a great idea when you're just kind of feeling burnt out with the normal homeschool routine. You're like, I need a change. Well, next week we're doing this. So that's really creative. I love that. So were there any other things we wanted to mention about unit studies and how to do them before we jump into homeschool superheroes week? Was there anything else we missed? No, I would, I would say if you're feeling stressed out thinking about unit studies, just one, maybe take Grace Week or just take a topic your kids are interested in and just do one or two subject areas and just try it out. If you can't do the whole thing, pursue something your children are interested in because they are going to learn more. And give yourself grace and give your children grace because you think you've got to check off all the boxes because you're still comparing yourself to public school, private school or whatever. Give yourself grace and give them grace, and, and just enjoy each other. Build a relationship. That's why, I, to me, that's one of the best things about unit study is building relationships and enjoying your kids, um, which I personally think is one of the biggest things about homeschooling as well. So I would say just start little if you feel like, if you feel overwhelmed with this idea. 
I think that's great. Now, we are doing this mini training because this is the type of thing that moms will find if they sign up to attend workshops with Homeschool Superheroes Week, which is coming up so, and we're going to have links in the show notes, of course, for everyone to sign up. Um, I guess I could say we could also send them to homeschoolsuperheroes.com slash Abby, and you'll you'll end up there. But um, Carrie, tell us about this week, what homeschool moms can expect, and why you even do this for the homeschool community. Well, back, it, actually, I started this in 2010. I did it for about five years, and then I picked it up about, this is the third year we've done it with a whole different format. And so I really just wanted to encourage moms and do something fun. That's why we have the home, the superhero theme, and just encourage them as they get back to school. I know there are year-round homeschoolers, but still a lot of people are sort of in that back-to-school mode, even with the year-round, just because everyone in society is going back to school. So what I do is I've invited experts in different areas to come and speak. It is all video recorded. And you're going, oh, no, I can't afford this. Well, it's free, so you can't afford it. And so um, this is sort of how it works. Every day we have a different topic. Might be how to homeschool. It might be subject areas. It may be just encouragement. We have a special needs track. We have a Charlotte Mason, which is, if you don't know what Charlotte Mason is, relaxed. Um, just relaxing in your homeschool and uh, pursuing education a different way. We have a high school track as well. Um, and so what we do is each day we'll pick a topic and we'll um, we'll have different ones coming out. So if a video comes out at 11 o'clock in the morning, it will stay up for 24 hours for free. And then Tuesday, we'll put a different video up and we'll do that all week long. We have a community group. Right now, the community group is just under 6,000 people. But if you are new, um, you can come in and join in. The speakers will be there. The sponsors will be there. You get to actually get your questions answered. And it's just a fun time. We have lots of freebies in our swag bag. We have giveaways through the whole thing. So it's, um, it's a fun way to get back. But the biggest thing that moms tell me is this is a way, this is just so encouraging. And it really helps me to be ready. And those little areas where you're still not sure, you can go in and pick the right sessions. Now, for some of you, you're like, I don't even know if I could do that. That sounds overwhelming. We do have an upgrade VIP pass that if you're interested in, you get lifetime access you get a VIP bundle. I was just looking at it today. These are products that you have to actually buy. They're not freebies that we're just throwing in there. And right now it's over $300 worth of products that pe- that our sponsors are offering. And then I've got um, a few new things. We're going to have a private podcast. So you can have access to all of the sessions on audio in a podcast, in whatever podcast you use, and um, for a whole year. Because I know for me, I listen to podcasts all the time, and videos are sometimes hard. So if you upgrade, you get the podcast. And then we're going to do two new things. We're going to have a prayer room for people to come in and get prayer. We will also be praying for countries around the world where homeschooling is not legal, and we'll be learning about those countries each day. And we are going to be talking about superheroes of the faith. Each morning, I'm going to just introduce you for about five minutes to someone in church history, because I think that's very neglected. And I think that's something really important we need to raise our kids in. So that's a whole bunch. There's more, but that's enough to sort of give you an idea. 
Awesome. Tell us the dates that, that, that people can do this then. What are the dates for this year? They can register on August 8th and speakers will already be in the community group. VIP will have instant access on August 8th. They'll get early for two weeks, early burn access. August 20, I think it's the 22nd um, on that Monday is when we will start. And we our keynote uh, that morning is Andrew Pudua of IEW. And he will be talking about Conquer culture, conquering culture by raising competent Christian communicators. So I'm really excited for that interview. Awesome. So you have shared so much with us. We're going to put links in the show notes, of course, where people can go find all this. And Carrie, thanks for sharing about unit studies in such a practical way. I think moms really need to, you know, if they need something, if their homeschooling is overwhelming, I think this is going to help a lot of moms come up with a practical way to simplify. So that was super helpful. Thanks so much for your wisdom. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. I love to have just conversations and not something super formal. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Carrie. Appreciate it. I hope you got some really great ideas from this conversation with Carrie. Be sure to download our free unit study planner pack in the show notes, as well as check out all her links. And you can find those at formonmore.com forward slash 174. Double check and make sure you get your free basic pass to homeschool superheroes week by going to homeschoolsuperheroes.com forward slash Abby. Now, if you're listening to this and homeschool superheroes week is gone and it's too late to grab a free ticket and you don't want to miss any of the future weeks of this or any other workshops or sessions or conferences, then you definitely want to be on my email list. So you can grab a spot on that list with thousands of other homeschool moms to make sure you know what's going on in the homeschool world. Grab your spot on my list by going to 41more.com forward slash email. I think that's everything for today. Thanks for joining us. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.